Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to our Resistance recap of part one of the finale. <laughs> of the finale. Of the finale. <laughs> I can't believe we're at the end. I can't either. <laughs> so many emotions in this episode. I think I spent the last five minutes crying, which was so weird and like such a good testament to how we've traced these characters this entire time. And oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this episode was entitled No Escape. <laughs> no Escape. They couldn't get more no dramatic escape. with the title. <laughs> they were just like, how dramatic can we make it? <laughs> no Escape. No Escape. <laughs> <laughs> they literally submerge the Colossus. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's called No Escape, Part 1. Uh, it aired on March 10th, 2019. It was written by Brandon Amon and directed by Stuart Lee. Yay. It's been a while since Brandon has written an episode, even though I think that he's, like, basically involved in everything All Resistance. But, he, yeah, he wrote the first one, and I think Station Theta Black and some other ones. But I think that... I am starting to find my favorites in the writers, I think, but uh, and Brandon's definitely one of them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, it's kind of yeah. like, you know how Dave with Rebels would come in and he'd write the premiere yeah. and the finale and then like specific episodes throughout the season kind of feels like the same format. Exactly. Not that that's bad. Yeah. No, it's great. I yeah, think that good. they they recognize what works and that totally works. Mm-hmm. It does. It definitely does. So before we dive into this episode recap, we have really one big announcement, which as you guys know, if you've been listening, but Charlotte and I are going to be on the podcast stage at Star Wars Celebration coming up in a month. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a lot of tension in this episode between between Resistance and Celebration, Episode 9, if that still exists. (laughs) because we've heard next to nothing about it. But we finally got the date and time for our podcast stage, which is going to be Friday, April 12th at 12 o'clock. So the 12th at 12. Don't forget it. (laughs) We're the first time on the podcast stage. Yeah, it's our first time on the podcast stage, and it is the first podcast stage. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) No, meaning, like, just to clarify that even more, we are the first podcast to go on the podcast stage. Not, like, the only time the podcast stage has existed, but we are the first podcast to go. So start off your celebration (laughs) with us. (laughs) I think, I mean, I don't know because the schedule isn't even out yet and just like rumblings. I think the the episode nine panel will be before then. So hopefully we'll have a lot to talk about in this panel. That I'm of two minds about it. Either that means we're going to have a lot to talk about or we're just going to be so beside ourselves that <laughs> it'll just be us on the stage like, whoa, wow. <laughs> Did you <Whoa>. see that? <laughs> Did you see Raylo? <laughs> Basically, yeah. And then half the people will leave. <laughs> Seriously. (laughs) Oh, gosh. But the 12th at 12, please be there. We would love to see you and meet you. um, And we'd love to have the support of the podcast stage (laughs) because we're very nervous. We have a ton of freebies to give out and giveaways and stickers, and it'll be a great time. And if you're interested and you want to put something on your calendar, I'll put the Facebook event that I made in the show notes if you're on Facebook. Yes. Please subscribe to the Facebook events. Attend. Say you're attending. Do you subscribe to Facebook events? <laughs> I know. I'm like, what the heck? What? Subscribe is not the word. I don't. I'm not really on. Mark your interested. <laughs> Mark your interested, please, on the Facebook event. <laughs> let us know if you're coming. Um, It would help us out a lot, and it helps get us excited, too. So please let us know. Yep. Okay. So if this is your first time tuning into our Star Wars Resistance recap, this is how it goes. So in part one, we start with our highs and lows of the episode. Part two, we talk about the story of the episode. And then in part three, we talk about the characters. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Okay, welcome to part one where we're going over our highs and lows. And I think you went first last week, so I'm going first this week. And my first high, like it is nearly every week, is Kaz. Woohoo! Kaz was the best in this episode. Oh my gosh, he just, he's grown up so much. He really has. He really has. And we talked about this agnosium last episode, but it is just a continuation in this episode of Kaz just 
not hesitating in what he's doing and just going for it and actually being successful in what he's doing as opposed to the front end of the season when he was like going for it but not always being super successful. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even from the very get-go when he was like, okay, this is the plan. Let's go. And then someone was like, oh, we should think about this. And he was like, you're right. New plan. And he just automatically comes up with a new plan. Like he wasn't – he wasn't – there. it was no setback for him that Yeager wasn't there to like be the lead. You know what I mean? And I loved that. And I especially loved the part with Tora when the stormtrooper appeared and he was like, what did he say? He was like, keep your hands up or something. And Kaz just like grabs the blaster from him and is like, no, you keep your hands up. <laughs> it was such a good moment. And then the fact that the blaster was backwards too, it's it's that clumsy Kaz is still in there. Yeah. But he he made it right. He stunned him in the end. It was, it was great. so great. And I loved how like I think Tora I feel like Tora just gets Kaz so mm-hmm. well. Cause she goes, Ah, oh, Kaz, that was almost impressive. <laughs> and just walks off and Kaz is like, What do you mean almost? <laughs> I stunned him. <laughs> it was so good. I really liked that moment where everyone was like, but what about all the people on the Colossus? We can't get everyone out, can we? And he's like, oh, no, we'll get everyone out. We'll go. Yeah. And I I love that optimism, even though his plan was to get people to Hosnian Prime. Um, I still have faith in him that he's going to move mountains to, you know, save the Colossus. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's definitely going to. I mean, this is his home now. Um, and I I loved – we'll talk about Hosnian Prime a little bit bit later (laughs) and not cry (laughs) um but i i don't know i just i really liked how this episode went i loved the emotional beats of it i thought there was so much comedy in this episode too which perhaps they were kind of trying to balance with the seriousness of what was going to be happening with hosni and prime at the end Mm -hmm. of the episode but i thought this episode was just really funny too yeah, I was laughing and smiling throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, except for that. But <laughs> um, really, I, I had a really good time with this episode. And I think you're so right that, I don't know, I've been thinking a lot about that because I think even the Rebels finale, and no spoilers in what I'm going to say, I think the Rebels finale, which is also a two-part finale, the first part of that finale also is filled with lightheartedness. Um, given what happens in the second half, which I mean, even if you haven't seen Rebels, like you should know that that the season ends on like a bittersweet note, which is how Star Wars usually ends, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that by having the part one be more humorous, and it's a different kind of humor than what we saw in the beginning of Resistance too. I don't think it was necessarily like slapstick humor, but kind of tongue in cheek. Um, funny Niku quips that weren't really annoying as if, you know, I don't think Niku's annoying, but I think that it was genuinely funny. And um, Buggles was genuinely funny too, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I think Resistance still has the same kind of humor that it's had throughout the whole season. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Especially with like the Niku um, moments, like, you know, Blowfish 1 and Blowfish 2, which is really funny. <laughs> that was so great. It was, and, then he was, and then he switched it to Buddy 1 and Buddy 2. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. The thing that I really laughed out loud at was when Kaz is swimming towards the tower and you see that man in Auntie's drinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, huh. <laughs> He was like, did I just see what I thought I saw? And then when Kaz and the Stormtroopers come back down and he's taking the second drink from the droid, he was like, never mind. <laughs> he's like, I'm I'm cut off. <laughs> so funny. I thought it was really funny. Um, those kinds of moments I thought were really well done. And then the whole the whole like bait and switch with the with the shell people and the stormtroopers and how the door just keeps opening and closing, but the shell guy is still just standing there like I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I love them. It was really funny. So my first high was Buggles and Tora. I love Buggles, which I think is a controversial opinion. I don't think a lot of people really like the creature design of of him slash her. I don't really know if Buggles has a gender, but I, I, I think Buggles is so cute. I love the heart eyes and I love how they played up that lassie. Um, situation where Kaz follows Buggles yeah. and Buggles barks. And it was just so like, yeah, follow the dog. <laughs> I loved it. And I I just really love Tora. And I love how she's gotten so much more attention in these past few episodes. And I think you're so right in saying that Tora fully understands Kaz. And um, 
I don't know. I love seeing Kaz and Tor together. I kind of ship it and I kind of, which is weird, but I still like them. <laughs> yeah, I like that. They, I just like, they're on like the same wavelength. Yeah, I think that they're both, they both have like similar abilities. I think that they, I don't know, they work really well together and I love when they're together. Yeah, me too. I mean, the whole, it almost like, it almost, the tone of it was almost like a meet cute when mm-hmm. Buggles like brought Kaz back to Tora. And, like, she's down underneath and the um, – I don't know what you would call it, but underneath the floorboards, basically. And she's like, Kaz, I'm so glad you're here. And he's like, oh, my God, Torah. <laughs> like, oh, so cute. And they're, and he's like, yeah, I hope we don't get incinerated this time, wink, wink. <laughs> she's like, oh, Kaz. <laughs> well, I like that they have this little bit of history now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. But they do work really well together. And I've always loved how Torah like, definitely figured out who Kaz was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I know we talked a lot about her perhaps being really angry at Kaz for lying to her about these things, but I kind of liked that they didn't necessarily go in that direction with Tora because we're seeing that with Tam and so that they're both not kind of against him in this moment. Mm-hmm. I like seeing both Tam and Tora have different responses to Kaz's role as a spy. Definitely. Okay, what was your second high? My second high was the Colossus, just in general. I feel like I've never cared about a ship more than I've cared about the Colossus. <laughs> like, if you guys have listened to Sky Talkers for any amount of time, you know that we're not super technical when it comes to things like X Wings and Y Wings and TIE Fighters and ATATs. And like, we know what they are, but that's about all I could tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I am so obsessed with the Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> and I freaking love that it has a hyperdrive. I thought that was a really cool reveal that they gave us in this episode. And like just seeing the Colossus itself underwater and like seeing the the creatures swimming around it and like having a whole action sequence underneath the water with Kaz and the Stormtroopers, which I know we got last week with Jaeger and Kaz too, but seeing a, a little bit more action this time around was really fun. Mm-hmm. I just like I think it's the best set piece that we have in Star Wars. Like I love it more than the Falcon. <laughs> I mean, I think that's okay. Yeah, it just feels sacrilegious. And I think we brought this up a couple episodes ago too, but Stars Explained, who we love on YouTube, they did a video talking about the Colossus itself like a month ago where they talked about it having a hyperdrive and actually being a space station. Um, and they brought up this really good point about how, yes, the Colossus is a refueling station, um, but if it's a mobile refueling station, as in it has a hyperdrive and, and can fly, it's a lot more convenient for the First Order instead of them having to bring their fleet back to Castellan every time they need to refuel on the Colossus. And I was like, oh, man, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many positives for why the First Order would want to be on the on the Colossus. Yeah. I still really wanted there to be some sort of like object or force something or like some artifact hidden on the Colossus that someone like Snoke or even the Emperor would have been interested in that's like being kept hidden there. Um, I'm still really attached to that headcanon. I don't think that's that clearly that's not really playing out anymore. But I do love the idea of there being kind of all these different layers to the Colossus. And I'm still super obsessed with it as like a set in Star Wars. Yeah, I think that there's there might be still room for that to happen still. Just because you say that there are so many layers, and I think that's the point of the Colossus, is that it can reveal all these things in this season, but who knows what's on it later. Mm-hmm. There's so much about the Colossus we still don't know. And I don't know. I think that maybe – you never know. Like, Flix and Orca might have some stuff, but clearly they don't. But you you just don't know. And I think that they could reveal something like that later, and I'd be really happy if they did. I'm with you. I still have the headcanon, but I do understand it's, like, tactical advantages that they've proven. And I think that that's really cool on its own as well. Yeah, I think it is too. And, and how they've kind of slowly revealed that over the season. And I think that's why mm-hmm. I like the Colossus so much better than something like the Falcon or even um, like the Ghost in Rebels or anything like that is because it's just like it's bigger, but it's still compact. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or the Falcon, it's like you pretty much know where everything is in the Falcon and the same with the Ghost and um, like the Phantom and everything like that. But with – the Colossus, it's just big enough that we know a lot of where things are on the Colossus, but there's still this opportunity for so many other like secret corridors and things like that that I think is really fun. 
Yeah, I think that it's really interesting to make the comparison of the Colossus and the Falcon, just because I think about my attachment to the Falcon, and I think a lot of you know fans, everyone loves the Falcon. It's mm-hmm. it's amazing, but I only really started understanding the appeal of the Falcon fairly recently, and I think that Solo really helps with that. Books like Last Shot really helped me, mm-hmm. and just even imagining what the future of the Falcon looks like with Ray and possibly Ben Solo and Poe and all of these characters going in and out of this like relic of history, which I think is really cool. But that's that's what really interests me or even getting some backstory about what Leia and Han and Ben, you know, their their life on the Falcon very early on, because we've gotten um, bits and pieces of that given to us through visual dictionaries and I guess I th- I think in the aftermath trilogy, this is like <laughs> I really need to freaking read that. We both do. Trilogy. One one um, day we will. Yeah, one day we will. But it's it's just um I I feel like I will be more interested in the Falcon the more screen time it gets. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. But what's interesting about the Falcon is that it it like it is its own like nostalgia because of how long mm-hmm. we've been with it but you're right it's like being able to track characters that we really care about through like the similar space mm-hmm. um that's always really fun like that sense of place that the falcon has and what i think is cool though about the colossus is that i don't know it's just it's it has a different vibe like to me it's become it's like become a bigger i've cared about it faster than i ever did the falcon and Mm -hmm. i care about the colossus like as like i want to know its nooks and crannies whereas Mm -hmm. with the falcon i want to know like what han and leia were doing on it and like what (laughs) adventures they were having on it with like baby ben like like i like i like fan art of like baby ben in the cockpit you know i don't need that kind of information about the colossus i want to see like the the hidden corridors of the colossus it's like Mm -hmm. a different interest that i have for each of the ships well it's it's funny that you say that because i think that we got that in solo and that was a really cool part of solo we got you know that there's this this wet bar that lando had (laughs) and this like awesome closet that we've never seen before and i think that was a huge pro of solo Mm -hmm. is i mean i think about that donald glover walkthrough video that kind of went viral and that that was the huge appeal about it was seeing more nooks and crannies of the Falcon. Mm-hmm. But I think now I've seen them. <laughs> and I just want to see my characters in them now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, there's only so much of the Falcon to explore. Yeah. Um, and that is kind of the the fun of the Colossus. And that's just because the Colossus is bigger. Exactly. So, I mean, they're both great ships. But if I had mm-hmm. to pick one to spend a day on, I think I might pick the Colossus. Yeah. I mean, I think that's mm, – I don't know if I agree with that, but let's I think see that's once, a fair thing. Let's see once the Colossus like flies. <laughs> yeah. Let's see True. how – the thing is I want to be able to like do a lot of things with the Colossus. Like I want to be able to submerge it on my day on the Colossus <laughs> and then I want to be able to like raise it up and then I want to be able to like take it on like a little tour of Castle and then I want to come back. I want to like look at the fireball. I want to like visit. Not sure it's that mobile. It might be. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Niku was like, I can get things flying, but I don't know how how well I can keep well, things maybe, up. Maybe I'm still not really trusting Niku. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I'll you're not. <laughs> someone else fly it. <laughs> okay. So my second high was seeing Hux. I I mean, I think that we all knew this was happening just because of the trailer and that trailer, you know, that this was a big reveal in the trailer, but it really hit me. And again, we'll talk about this some more when we discuss Hosnian Prime, but it really hit me and I thought that it was handled really well. I thought um, it it really under, in this weird way, it made you listen to those words that we've heard like hundreds of times and think about them through what we know from the resistance, from the show. Um, and I I found that really compelling even just getting behind that hologram, the camera goes behind the hologram and you see Tora and Kaz kind of escaping. And I thought that it really, it put an emphasis on, you should probably be listening to these words because our characters aren't and they should be too. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was, that was really compelling. And it was also kind of interesting that they made Hux like not so screamy (laughs) in animation, which I thought was an interesting choice. Um, just based off of like we know how intense uh donald gleason's um performance of that is he's like spitting and you know there's like veins popping 
And um, in, I mean, it's true, though. It's so intense. And in this version, it's not so. And I almost wonder if it's like you're not really supposed to focus on Hux himself, but you're supposed to focus on the words and how they're affecting our characters. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't believe we finally made it to this point. Um, I thought, firstly, I thought Hux is like, that character is like made for animation. He translated <laughs> really well into yeah. Resistance animation. Um, I loved how you had heard them talking about the broadcast, the stormtroopers earlier in the episode. Like, yeah, I don't know what the broadcast is about. Oh, something about circular base, blah, 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 mm-hmm. as they're walking along. And it's like, as the audience, you know what's coming. And and I totally thought they were going to do that fake out because as they're listening to the speech and they're kind of escaping, Kaz keeps wanting to turn around and listen. And Tora's like, no, 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 no. We got to go. We got to go. And I thought that they might do it so that Kaz doesn't actually see what happens um, as they were kind of going out the other corridor. But he dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was really sad. Um, it was so sad. It was really sad. I'm glad we made it. I'm here for the angst, but I'm also like heartbroken for Kaz. I have some more thoughts on the Hosnian Prime reveal, but I'll save that for story. Okay, great. So what was your low? My low for this week was I wasn't in love with like the tension or perhaps the pacing for this episode. For me, this episode didn't feel as stressful or like as um, high impact as last week's episode did. Like last week, I was on the edge of my seat for the entire thing. And and perhaps it was because I had built up this episode so much in my head and like the reveal of Hosnian Prime and everything. But I don't know. And and maybe because there was a lot more comedy as we're building into the second part of the finale. But I don't know. The the stakes overall didn't feel as high to me in this episode mm-hmm. like they did last week. Um, I think that will – that perception will change once we get next week's episode because these, these are like an arc. So once you can watch them together, um, that will probably change. But – I mean, I still love this episode. I just think that last week I was – like I said, I was more on the edge of my seat than I was this week. I think that's really interesting. I didn't get that sense at all um, just because I feel like this is how Star Wars animation does their finales. It's usually the second part whenever they're an hour that is the Big Bang. And they work – like I said this before, they work up to that those last 20 minutes that are super impactful. So I think that, like we said – the humor is to offset the devastation and the, I don't know, potential cliffhangerness of what will come next. I think we've seen a lot in like press. I, recently, they announced the Resistance panel at Star Wars Celebration. And I think the line they talked about, like that shocking finale, and we're not necessarily at the shocking part yet. So I think that in order to build to that, like you say, you said that, that we um, need both parts in order to judge fully this whole arc and this full episode because it is one episode. Yeah, I agree. I just wish that perhaps they had done – since it is the finale, um, that maybe they had done it like Rebels had at the end when they where we got to watch them together basically. Um, even if it Me was too. just for this finale. I think that would have worked a lot better. Um, so you could actually see the payoff of these like little seeds being sown in this first one. Maybe because like I wasn't exactly – not that I wasn't clear what Kaz was doing, but it was like first – because last week it was like, okay, we're we're going to rescue Tam. And like to do that, we're going to like submerge the Colossus. Okay, great. And then I kind of thought that that's where we would start this week is like, okay, how are we going to rescue Tam and Yeager? But he doesn't really pick up that thread again. And then we see Tora who's like, oh, I need Kaz's help to rescue my father. And they're like, okay, great. And then we spent half the episode like – getting those two together again but then Tora like tells Kaz that her father is locked up but it's not really like a huge thing um Mm -hmm. in the episode not not once they're together it's not treated like that um so maybe it's because those like plot points or like rescue missions weren't front and center that the tension wasn't really there for me it will be next week and of course like getting the getting everyone off the colossus or getting the colossus into the air will be a big part of next week's episode um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. I That's my low for this episode was that the way that they scheduled things wasn't that this was a you know an exciting one-hour finale like Star Wars usually does. I mm-hmm. think that it just – it could have been stronger if it was a one-hour kind of event. Yeah. And hopefully when they have a stronger audience next year and next season, they'll do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
All right, are we ready to move on to part two? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so welcome to part two where we talk about this story. So let's start with the question that we always ask. What is the state of the First Order? I mean, good for the First Order. (laughs) Bad for everyone else. (laughs) What's crazy is that we're finally in the Force Awakens timeline. (laughs) It's like, it's insane. So asking what the state of everything is is what's the state of the fir- the First Order and the Resistance in The Force Awakens. Wow. And that's insane. That is insane. So right now they're showing their, like, absolute might. Um, <sighs> they just, <laughs> you know, performed the ultimate control over the New Republic. There was, some, there was this really great line at the start of the episode with Doza. Also, okay, plot twist, Doza's droid can take out some people. Man. That was awesome. When he was like, <laughs> I forget what the droid is called, but he was like, droid, like, save me. And the droid was like, all right. And just like. <laughs> the bullets come out of his shoulders. <laughs> yeah, it was I was like, is this the one that's been delivering drinks every week? <laughs> so equipped. So equipped. Uh, but Captain, is it Captain Pyre? Commander Pyre. Commander Pyre. Um, he had this great line where he said, um, we're well beyond the New Republic's reach. And then he goes, fortunately, they're not beyond ours, though. And I was like, oh, that's so sinister. And like, It really is. It's so sinister. It's a really great First Order line because you know, like, he, obviously he knows about Starkiller Base and that that's coming. And I feel like it's one of those things where – I actually didn't think about that line until later on in the episode. And I was like, oh, my God, that's what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. It was good. <laughs> it was really good. But, like, bad. <laughs> the thing that is hard about this episode and this question, and maybe it's just kind of a moot point at this point, is the resistance is struggling, and we know that. And we don't necessarily know the full state of the resistance. At this point, we know that the resistance on Dakar is kind of scrambling. But um, what else? And what else with Kaz's mission? And I guess we're just in the middle of these plot points, so it's hard to answer the question, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, it's like we've gotten so much more about the First Order than we really ever have about the resistance. And also, again, just a friendly reminder that Poe and arguably Leia <laughs> had no idea about the First Order fleet until, like, Two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is intel they got from Kaz, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So the resistance is struggling. And if we're putting it in terms of pasta. <laughs> on the, the pasta is cooking. The pasta. We have put the pasta in. <laughs> yeah. I made pasta yesterday, guys, in honor for this. Yeah. This. Oh, my God. I forgot that we have to eat pasta next week for the finale. Yeah. Get ready. Get yes. prepared. Everyone, please, please make pasta. <laughs> when you watch the Resistance finale. What's going to be hard is that, like, we watch Resistance in the morning. Yeah. Have, like, a little breakfast spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti frittata. Yeah. <laughs> spaghetti frittata. So our pot of boiling water is boiling. Now we're at 212. We have poured in the spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> it is and cooking away. And cooking away. the sequel trilogy has begun. <laughs> the sequel trilogy. Has begun. I can't believe we've made it. To think that a few short months ago we were only at like 187 degrees Fahrenheit in our pot of boiling water that is the sequel trilogy. And now we've moved here. And now we've finally made it to the point where we are put in the pasta. In I was kind of trolling around Reddit last night, not last night, today. As one um, does. And yeah, yeah, as one does. And I saw a lot of complaints and disappointments that we didn't necessarily get to see a lot of the New Republic's fleet. All we've seen is Kaz and the Navy in the first episode. And the destruction of Hosnian Prime from people, this is what people said, the destruction of Hosnian Prime from Starkiller Base didn't really necessarily have the payoff that they could have had because of the fact that we didn't see the full scale of the New Republic. What did you think about that? Did uh, What are your thoughts about Hosnian Prime is where I'm going with this? I think it's weird because when I watched the episode before you did today and I did not have the reaction that I thought I was going to have, I was obviously very upset about it um, and like distraught for Kaz, um, but it didn't hit me the same way I thought it might. Um, like I didn't have that kind of emotional reaction. 
I liked how they have brought up Hosnian Prime this episode, like with Kaz talking to Niku about his father being a senator. And, you know, Niku had that funny moment of like, oh, next thing you're going to tell us is that you're incredibly wealthy. Ha 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 ha. And Kaz is like, we'll get to that later. <laughs> I think it would have been better. I kind of agree with those critiques. Like, it would have been better if we had been kind of reminded that Kaz was from this place, that he had family there, and what it meant to him throughout the season. Because this is something we've brought up a lot, actually, in our reviews, is that we totally thought that Kaz's father was going to be some kind of player in the show back from episode one. And then they haven't really picked that up again until these last two episodes um, for this moment that was going to be happening with Hux. And I just – I feel like they probably could have done a better job of just bringing it up a little bit more throughout the episodes – even if, like, it was Kaz and Poe, like, Poe bringing up something about Hosni and Prime on one of their missions, it's just, like, a one-off. Just, like, something to remind us more that Kaz is from there and has family there rather than, you know, these these mentions that we just got. Like, I thought it was great to get that, like, whole data pad shot that uh, Tam got the last episode. Um, I liked how they brought it up in this episode, too. But I wanted – I don't know. I think – I think it – I think it would have been better served for – like the emotional payoff would have been better if it had been brought up more throughout the season. Um, or even like just seeing like Kaz having like a conversation with his father or mother like once or twice at the beginning or end of an episode where he's kind of like lying to them about where he is or something like that. Because we still don't know if they know where Kaz is, right? Mm-hmm. I agree. I feel like things got cut. Yeah. So I had – the reaction I think you're supposed to have um, to the the explosion of Hosnian Prime, I was sobbing. I was really sad. Like I was, I was really emotional. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think it's just because of everything I've kind of put on Kaz as a character. And I think that we just, you know, based off of like hours of us talking about Kaz's family and everything, like it, it hit me. But I feel like you're so right. And I I agree. I think that they could have brought it up a little bit more because it's only in the last two episodes that they talked about how wealthy Kaz has grown up. I think that they they brought that up in the beginning, but we had gone episodes and like almost a full season without that even being brought up again. I really wish that we had some quiet moments with Kaz where he was like, if only I could call my dad and ask for more money. Obviously Mm -hmm. a little more like tactile than that, but and because I'm not a TV writer, but <laughs> I, I do think that we could have had, you know, a little bit of more of moments of self-reflection with Kaz where he thinks about his older life, where he thinks about, man, I wish I could call my my parents right now. I just don't want to compromise my mission or something like that, mm-hmm. that I think would have paid off for a lot of lot more people in this destruction of Hosnian Prime. Um, well, it's just kind of interesting because I mean, surely, I mean, this is the point that they've been building to all season. It's like they knew that this this moment with Hux was going to be like – like you don't make Kaz from Hosnian Prime without thinking mm-hmm. about this moment. It's like part of the whole inception of Resistance was probably like, oh, my God, we're going to have a character from Hosnian Prime and make the season one finale end with the destruction of Hosnian Prime. You know, like that's part of the like – pitch for the show resistance i feel like definitely because um, you know it's it should have that emotional payoff and it's strange that knowing how big of a moment that is that these seeds kind of weren't sown more throughout the season of just like you said reminding us that he's from there that he has family there i mean if his father's a senator from and prime then like surely leia knows who his father is too you know um like why wasn't there a moment where poe was like oh, Leia was on Hosni and Prime and saw your father or something like that. I don't know. And, and like I remember our conversations at the beginning of the season being like, oh, what if what if Kaz's father, you know, it actually ends up working for the First Order and like finds out that his son is a resistant spy. Like we built up these like huge headcanons of like what this whole Hosni and Prime connection could mean for Kaz and none – like none of that pittered out like in any well, sense of the word. I don't know if we can say that that – is all over. I we mean, don't know that true. his parents were on Hosnian Prime when it exploded. We don't know if later Kaz will use his New Republic connections to his father, say he wasn't on Hosnian Prime, um, to kind of ignite some sort, sort of New Republic fleet. We don't know if that's – like, we have no confirmation that the parents in this family were all on Hosnian Prime at that point. 
Cass hasn't spoken to them in so long. Yeah, definitely. And I think I I really hope that that connection to Hogsmeade Prime is used going into season two. Um, mm-hmm. I guess like for this moment though of Kaz witnessing the destruction of Hogsmeade Prime, it's like everything needed to come down to this moment. And I felt like it could have been done better if some things had been handled not handled, but just included earlier in the season. And like everything mm-hmm. I felt in that moment was for Kaz as a character, kind of like what you said. Like I put so much – like I've invested so much of my um, like love for Kaz as a character. And so – and I've been like waiting for this moment too because we all knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. I just – it was like it happened and I was like, wow. And then I was like, you know, I still don't know anything more about Hosnian Prime now than I did when I watched The Force Awakens. Yeah. I think that's why I empathize with people, like I said on Reddit, who were like, mm-hmm. I wish I could have seen a little bit more about um, the New Republic or the New Republic fleet. It's not something yeah. that 100% interests me, that, you know, military language or anything like that. But it it was a strength and is a strength of the show to provide some context of Hosnian Prime to viewers of The Force Awakens. And we still and don't, I don't have know if they. It. Yeah, I don't know if they've leveraged it entirely, but at the same time, the season's not over and the mm-hmm. show's not over and that connection to Hosnian Prime continues, so I'll, we'll we'll see where it goes. Yeah, exactly. Um there's still a lot of room for it. It just fell a little flat for this like really big moment, I think. Also the other thing is like is this really the biggest moment because the this episode ended on this. And the finale is supposed to be the like the the next episode potentially could be the biggest moment. So what will that be? Yeah, like what's bigger than Hosnian Prime? Yes. Yeah, and I think that there there is something bigger, and I think that it'll be really interesting to see. I can't wait for next week. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, I think it's the Colossus taking off. Yeah, me too. And maybe it will be Kaz, you know, calming his parents who maybe got off off planet we never know yeah Hmm. okay so like regarding the colossus i mean how do we think this season ends do they fly the colossus away we've got the pirates that are kind of waiting in the background to do something like if the colossus if they're able to get the colossus up into the air how do they get the first order stormtroopers off the colossus well, the crazy thing about this is if you think about the timeline and where we are. So we're right in the middle of The Force Awakens. And what transpires after the explosion of Starkiller Base is probably like one to two days, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, The Last Jedi is over like three to four days. Good lord. So we have essentially a week of time <laughs> for the show to catch up to and potentially season two to exist within. And... Because of that, I I think that, yes, the Colossus – I think there's going to – like, it'll happen in two stages. I think that maybe the pirates will help get rid of the First Order on the Colossus while the Colossus is stationary, mm-hmm. where it is right now. And then Kaz will realize the desperate need of the Resistance, and they will figure out how to move the Colossus off of Castellan mm-hmm. and meet up with – potentially the end of The Last Jedi when they have nothing. And I've seen it suggested that like maybe it is on Batuu, which is the the land of Disney parks and the whole MacGuffin of Disney parks, um, that land of like what the First Order is there for is still not revealed. So maybe that will like play into it. And I wouldn't be surprised. This is a Disney show. But maybe we'll see the Colossus in episode nine. Like, who knows? It's really, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of crazy how close we air. are. It is, it truly is up in the air. Just literally. Like the Colossus. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? I, I literally have no idea. Um, I'm really excited, though, to see. I love the idea of the Colossus being mobile and that it's functioning like then I'm like, well, what are all these people doing? Like that's the, the that's the thing. Like if it's moving around and it becomes like a new base for the resistance, are we gonna go through like last Jedi timeline next week too? Like, whoa. I think they might save the last Jedi timeline for season two. I think they have to. And then like the mid season finale is then episode nine, and then we can pick up after episode nine. Yeah. I think that uh, Rebels did that similarly to Rogue One. Yeah, but there yeah, but there wasn't like anything he- I mean there were some big things in Rogue One, but nothing like 
nothing like what resistance is dealing with. No, yeah, totally. But they definitely like left a lot of their um Rogue One crossovers like uh like the Saw. Yeah, the Saw Gerrera stuff, the the Mon Mothma stuff, like the and even um they didn't really talk about Krennic, but just like the Death Star in general, mm-hmm. I think was left for the latter half of that season for that reason that that came out in 2017, which is just a couple months after the Rogue One. I wonder if we'll have a sad scene of Kaz like flying through the the remains of Hosnian Prime. Oh man. Yep. <laughs> That'll be sad. And then, again, we talked about this last week too, but is there going to be some connection, some conversation between Kaz and Leia about what's happened? Because they are – they have like a, a very sad, very unique connection now mm-hmm. through this. Yeah, I really hope that that happens next episode. Yeah, I hope there's time for that. I almost can see the season ending on that note, that like comforting note of Leia talking to Kaz. <sighs> It's very sad. It's sad. Like I, 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 I was pretty critical of the Hosnian Prime reveal, but um, all in all, it does make me really sad just because Kaz has come so far and he's like finally found his stride and this mm-hmm. is a total setback. And we knew this setback was coming and we've been talking for like weeks about like, okay, how is this setback really going to affect Kaz? Um, because he's been so confident and so sure of himself. And I mean, if anything is going to throw you off, this is what's going to do it. And it's completely understandable. So like how is he going to like persevere through this in this really like in in their most desperate hour? Yeah. The other thing is talking about what comes next. You know, it's been heavily rumored that the Knights of Ren or Kylo Ren is going to be a part of Resistance, but mm-hmm. I don't really see how that's going to fit in. I'm just really confused by that. <laughs> I am too. I know at the start of the season, we speculated about um, Kaz kind of overhearing something like positive about Kylo Ren and like telling Leia that. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that theory? Yeah, that was a good theory. It was a good theory. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still in favor of that theory. So who knows how that will actually play out. To be honest, episode nine, Resistance, wherever it is, I could honestly care less about the Knights of Ren. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're like so low on my priorities list i can't even tell you and i know it would be pretty cool synergy though if their reveal was in resistance and not it in would the be movie. i would rather have them be in resistance than in episode nine yeah and i think that i think there's potential for kylo to exist in um the finale in the capacity that we just discussed like with that theory or just as a hologram mm-hmm. I, I i would be excited like literally yell for both (laughs) so any reference the fact that we've been a little i don't want to say baited but you know it's a it's the whole conversation with um ayla and her discussing kylo ren what is a kylo ren and everything like that oh yeah i feel like it's it's a little bit like the pistol that must go off um Mm -hmm. in and I'm like, where is that going to come up again? The fact mm-hmm. that that was brought up, I think that was like the fourth or fifth episode. It it seems like it has to come back around. And now we've seen Hux. It makes sense for us to see Kylo. Yeah. I wonder if they'll be talking about – I wonder if we'll see Hux on like a hologram being like, I had to go if I can pick up Kylo Ren. <laughs> exactly. <That's- laughs> it's a commander fire. <laughs> like Starkiller Base is no more – I got Kylo. We're going to Snoke. <laughs> you know what I mean? You see Kylo in the back in like a back to tank circa Luke and Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah. Like meet me on the supremacy. Oh my God. I just had a cool thought. Tell Imagine me. seeing the um, the Haldo maneuver in on Resistance and like how that would affect everyone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yes. My God, these timelines, these freaking it's, timelines. I just like <laughs> I can't keep up with it. Like the pasta's boiling, my head is boiling. Whoa. Or like even just seeing some of that resistance fleet that gets completely absorbed by um mm-hmm. the tractor beam in um in The Last Jedi. Like what are those other ships? Like we see we see the Haldos, frigate? we see that one guy. Yeah. The what frigate? are those frigates? I think they're medical frigates, but like there there are other ships too. I think, so it'd I think be great to only, see that. I think if you're a frigate, you have to be a medical frigate. I don't think you can be like an industrial frigate <laughs> or like a like a food frigate. I think you have to be a medical frigate. 
You should do some more research on those frigates, Caitlin. I know. That's the thing, though. Like I said, the Colossus is the only ship I've ever cared about. I don't care about the frigates. <laughs> I just like saying frigate. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the characters. Let's. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. All right, welcome to part three. We're talking about characters. We've kind of already talked about Kaz, so let's start with Tam. Um, Tam in the First Order was kind of going the direction that I think a lot of us thought it was going to go. Mm-hmm. The fact that Tyranny, first off, the way that Tam said Tyranny was so Tyranny. She was she called her Tyranny, which is so on the nose <laughs> for her name. Um, but I thought that it, you're so right. The way that this all went down was kind of unsurprising to a lot of us who theorized about this. And it makes sense that she would potentially consider joining the First Order just based off of everything that she knows. However, I was surprised at her reluctance and surprise to seeing Yeager say, you know, they're they're tempting you, they're baiting you, they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a good addition. Um, based off of where I think Tam will go. I won't be surprised if she gets recruited, although I have mixed feelings about that. I think it would be a really interesting turn of events. I don't think it's something – it's very like Lost Stars, and it's very mm-hmm. – um, I know one of the really fun theories to play around with before The Lost Jedi came out was if Kylo and Rey switch places and Rey turn to the dark side. I think it'd be really interesting to see someone, to see a character become a part of the First Order and then, like, realize that that's not the right direction and come back. Because, like, the First Order is selling her a good story right now. And the thing is, they're not wrong either. I know. Um, Like, uh, Kaz and Jaeger did lie to her um, a lot. Um, And Tam was kind of stuck in the middle of it. And they were lying to a lot of people. And and Tam gets rightfully angry when she starts thinking about it. Because she's like, they put, they put me and Niku and Bucket, they put all of us at risk every single day by keeping these things from us. Mm-hmm. And I think she's – like I said, I'm, I'm really glad that Tam and Tora had separate reactions to what was going on. And perhaps because Tora is in a completely different situation where she has – her father to think about. She's also like wealthy as far as the Colossus standards go. And Tora also like is always kind of she has like that longing for adventure, I think. And mm-hmm. she kind of sees that in Kaz, I would probably guess. Whereas Tam, like all Tam wants to do is Tam wants to do her job right. She wants to get her money and she wants to like pursue her dream of fixing the fireball and becoming a pilot in her own right. And everything that Kaz and Eager are doing were a roadblock to that. And now it's like not only were they being a roadblock, but they were like actively lying to me this whole time about it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes perfect sense. I think it's really interesting to think about Tam as becoming a foil to how Kaz was uh, recruited into the resistance. Now we have Tam being recruited potentially into the First Order and we have these two characters who were recruited – um, just tr- they were trying to do their best and were probably doing their best, but they have these tempting offers and, you know, things are put at, at risk, like their, their found family and their actual family. And um, I don't know. I think that it would be really interesting to follow this story. I think you're so right of, you know, friends to enemies, potentially friends again. I think it would be really powerful storytelling to show that you can come back from the First Order. I think that would be in line with everything Star Wars is. You don't say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not I'm not trying to bring up the Kylo Ren, you know, story thread, but we did see this in um, Rebels as well. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not it's not an unfamiliar story, and I think that it really lines up because we understand her motivations and why she would take this offer, while also as the audience knows that this is the wrong choice, even though we understand it. Yeah, Resistance, I think, has done a really good job of that as far as Tam's concerned, like showing her frustrations at Jaeger and Kaz throughout the season, um, bringing up the conversations about her grandfather fighting for the Empire, and then eventually like finding out about Kaz and Jaeger's um, betrayal. I think it's all been handled really well, and I think you're right. Like it would – I don't know. I I think it's – I think it would be cool to see someone who was, I guess – like not really on the good or bad side, but just kind of like existing like an, an average citizen 
who is then like drawn into this world of resistance versus first order through no choice of her own, mm-hmm. makes a choice and it's a wrong choice, but then is able to make a new choice later on. Like I like that we like we would get to see like a multitude of choices represented in Tam. Whereas with like a lot of our characters, we don't really see that. Like, I mean, if we're gonna compare it to like Kylo or even to um Ah, poop, what's his name? Um, Callus. Uh it's like with Callus we met him when he was with the Empire, and with Kylo, we met him when he was with the First Order. Um, and we only got to see them make one choice for like a new mm-hmm. – well, we haven't seen Kylo's yet. But with Callus, he made one choice to like come to the quote-unquote good side. I think it would be cool to be able to see a character like Tam kind of fluctuate through these different sides and like really struggle with like what people are telling her, who she should trust, what her own instincts are telling her, make the wrong decision, and then make the right decision later on. Um, I think mm-hmm. that would be really neat to see kind of a more complete storyline than perhaps we've seen with Kylo um, or with Callus. And I think we'll, I think we'll get that with Kylo. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I think that's the whole joy of having this long form series that we know now is, you know, renewed for season two is this ability to trace something this complicated in not a runtime of like a total of like seven hours, which is the sequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. We have way more. And I think, that is really great. I think you're so right. They've actually done, I think they've done a really good job telling Tam's story and having the audience understand and sympathize with her wants and her, you know, her temptation. Even though it's not actually temptation, it's, you can totally understand why she'd, she'd go for it. But I do find it, I thought that that, that point where Yeager and her are passing each other in the hall made me kind of doubt whether or not we were going in that direction. Yeah, I think I think it's. I think it definitely gives her pause, but I think that Tyrion tyranny will. Oh <laughs> I, just, I can't. <laughs> the first order officer. Um, I think she'll be able to turn around because, like, what Yeager says, they're manipulating you, and they are. Um, but then they're mm-hmm. also not lying about what they're saying, and I think she'll be able to turn it around because even afterwards, Tam was like, "I can't believe he would do that." Like. You put us at risk every day. You said it was to keep me safe, but look where we are now. Well, the other thing also is that, you know, Tam always wanted to be an ace. And with the potential of the Colossus even moving and not being the Colossus it was before, that want is essentially removed. There could be no aces at all anymore. That sort of recreational activity doesn't really exist if the Colossus is moving, if the Colossus is not on Castellan. It's different. And... Tam could recognize that, that there's that, 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 you know, goal has changed and she needs to, in order to want to be a pilot, in order to want to pursue her dreams, maybe her dreams lie with the first order because that's the easiest path. Yeah. I just have this vision of um, next week of Kaz flying, trying to fly off of the Colossus for some reason. And he's met at like the quote unquote gates of space with Tam in her own first order ship. And it's like the standoff mm. between the two of them. Hmm. Be so good. That would be cool. Because <laughs> they're both like they're both really skilled pilots. So be interesting to see what happens. For sure. Oh man. Okay, Caitlin, I think we need an update about the Niku as the first order spy. We've we've gotten some emails, we've gotten some messages. Yeah, we didn't talk about it on the last you episode. Are, you guys are very in you're very into the Niku first order spy, and I'm very happy about it. I will say that this episode, like the past couple episodes, I've been a little cooled on the Niku as the First Order spy theory because there hasn't been like a ton to work with. He hasn't been in the episodes a ton. There hasn't been a lot to work with. (laughs) Niku is super evil (laughs) because he's like adorable. (laughs) But this this episode, because wasn't there, there was some mention a while, like early on in the season about how like Niku knows everything about the Colossus and we were like this is going to come up again it did come up again in this episode but Niku was like oh I don't know where the buttons are (laughs) what does this button do it's going to take me 17 tries while you're in the middle of a battle with first order stormtroopers to figure out how to pressurize the cabin like the, the tunnel I'm just saying he knew where they were 
he chose not to push the right button. <laughs> I think it's fair to say, all seriousness, that Nico is probably not the first order no. spy. I still am going for the fact that there's no first yeah. order spy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I had to put money on it, then that's what I'm going with too. Um, I'd still put a little money on Niku just because like that reveal would just be bananas <laughs> and I'm still for it. And I think you could you could headcanon a lot of Niku's actions <laughs> in that. I mean main. you could. You, well, you, could. you clearly have. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that you could. I already have for you. I've got a backlog of about 19 episodes <laughs> where I've done just that. Yeah, cause, but but in all seriousness, Niku did – like when he took them down to the engineering room, it was like Niku knows everything about the Colossus. He knows where everything is. He knows how to work everything. But like Niku mm-hmm. didn't know that the Colossus had a hyperdrive. Niku yeah. doesn't know how to pressurize corridors, how to open hatches. That's a little suspicious to me. I think just, you know, talking seriously about Niku's character development, I think we had a really good piece of payoff for the – his purpose and like who he is as a person, which I think sometimes gets a little confusing because it's surprising to me watching Resistance that Niku really didn't know that much about Kaz. And I don't mean to say this just as, you know, someone who is, you know, basically going along with this joke theory that Niku is the first order spy. I do think it's kind of interesting though. Niku was present when Poe got there. You know, Niku has met Poe, right? So it's yes. surprising that he was so like confused by the fact that Kaz was part of the resistance. Because he's but not. I do <laughs> I think that like Niku's like purpose and everything has been a little confusing, but I do think that we had a really great moment of payoff, like I said, where he says that his specialty is putting chips in the sky. And when he looks up at the hyperdrive, I think that you have the sense of hope that, you know, Niku can pull it off. And I, I thought that felt really good as yeah. uh, an audience member. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're right. It has been kind of confusing like where Niku – not where Niku's loyalties lie because I think that's always really clear. But like what he does know, um, like mm-hmm. putting aside the First Order theory because you're right. Like he's been there when Kaz – like when Poe has shown up multiple times. He – knows that Kaz has gone off-world and has, like, transported these secret children into the bowels of the Colossus. Like, he's been present for a lot of these resistance that things. And I think we I think we probably speculated early on in the season that Niku would find out, like, Kaz would tell Niku, or Niku would find out early on, and he hasn't. So it's been kind of confusing. I don't know, not confusing. It's just been, like, a, I don't know, just, like, a something to point out, I guess, that... Well- he, he knows. It's just he knows. He found out last episode. Yeah, but like, it's just this whole season. He like he hasn't been suspicious at all because yeah. he hasn't needed to be suspicious because he already knows what he needs to know and he's <laughs> the first order spy. I'm just saying. I think that we had a really clear understanding of like the story reason why Niku is part of Kaz's crew is that now he has this ability to potentially pilot the Colossus and take them off world. He knows everything they need to know about the, the shell folk. I think I think they're called shellodites. That sounds right, but probably wrong. And um, he understands that this is a type two hyperdrive and everything like that. I think that we really have a story reason why Niku is in this cockpit because he, he understands how it works. Exactly what kind of hyperdrive it is, but he doesn't know how to open the hatches. <laughs> I don't know. Those buttons look confusing. Come on. I, I, I guess I will say that, like, Star Wars needs to freaking label its buttons. Like, it Yeah. Is. Yeah. Why isn't there just, like, a touchpad that's, like, open hatches? Or, like, a Siri. You know? Siri, open hatch number six. Yeah. They have droids out the wazoo, but they can't, <laughs> they can't have a Siri, or an Alexa. you know, type of computer. And Alexa. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. But it's funny. It is ridiculous. <laughs> Niku... Niku Niku's very selective about about when he shows his uh, superior knowledge on certain things. I'll say that. <laughs> he kind of is. You're right about that. <laughs> I want to say, too, be- uh, before we kind of – I think we're getting close to closing the show, right, that CB23 has kind of stolen my heart. Oh, my God. She's and amazing. She's so – she's amazing. She's – I love her acrobatics and <laughs> – her ability to take out that BB9E. I don't know if it's a I don't know what its name is, but it's essentially BB9E. It was they're like it was so good. Jousting. <laughs> they were it was amazing and how she like 
One, I loved that moment when they're underneath and Cass is like, oh, he passed. And then you just see the top of the floor be ripped off. (laughs) (laughs) And BB-90 is like, I see you down there. (laughs) (laughs) And then when she cracks his like glass eye, his oculus, whatever you call it, and lures him to his death (laughs) down the elevator (laughs) shaft. It was so good. <laughs> I think I'm going to say something drastic. I think oh. I like CB23 just as much as BB8. Yeah, she's she's quickly made a name for herself in resistance. She just she's nice. I really liked her. I I still really loved that one episode where you completely understand why she wants to gain Poe's affection and she feels a sense of competition with BB8. <laughs> I love it. I I love that they did establish that. I really think that they which is rightful because this is a, a children's show that they've really done like super well with these establishing shots and like long, um, I don't know, there's a lot of breath for understanding the droids. And I think even just the animation is just so perfect. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love them. Again, another question. This came up in the very beginning of Resistance too. We've done a lot of reflection on the start of the season, but how much do BB units weigh? Because Kaz picks up CB23 with no issues at all. And okay. Does a very- Actually, there was a little bit of an issue. He goes, ugh. Okay. <laughs> Good Lord. But he, he's able to, like, pick her up with, with minimal effort. Whereas, again, in Force Awakens, BB-8 falls on top of Finn and he probably, like, busted a rib. <laughs> Sorry, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> There's a lot of discrepancy. I think you're so right, but again, Funny. it's it's in space. It's fake. I know. It's just I think it's uh, every time I see like someone pick up a droid or move a droid, I'm like, where is the consistency here? <laughs> I think it's, it's so good. And then there's of course the destiny where Ray just kind of like moves him like a volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's definitely like, like there has to be a happy medium. He's so small two. too. Like BB-8 and Force the Way in Force the Destiny is so small, and then like BB-8 <laughs> in the films is like quite large, and then animated BB-8 and CB-23 are like somewhere in the middle. Like their height on like the character's legs kind of change. <laughs> I think it's funny. It's one of those like fun running gags of like just like the production of a show and of of a franchise. I don't know. I think in Resistance, like if if I, if we were to put in like a number on it, That's I think not there. They're probably not as heavy as what we saw happen to Finn in The Force Awakens, but it's the same droid, like though. It's the same droid. I know. Maybe CB23 weighs less. No, because Kaz has lifted up BB8, too. Like, yeah. that's where this all started. <laughs> I just, I think it's, I think they've also done a really good job. Like, I love that the, the BB units can um, swim. I think that's really fun. <laughs> and <Too> I. BB8. <laughs> Well, I love it. I think that it's I think it's animated super well. I thought that whole situation was so good. And um I really love CB23. I really want a plushie of her. Me too. So badly. She's so cute. I want so many like animation stuffed animals. Mhm. I do. Too. I want a whole crew I of say as I'm animals. hugging my chopper stuffed animal that our friend <laughs> Megan got for me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like become my recording buddy. <laughs> Yeah. Kylo Ren is my recording buddy. It's also a good recording buddy. What's great about this particular chopper pillow is that it's like very um, like sturdy. It's got like mm-hmm. a good squish to firmness ratio. And he's just like – he's so supportive just like the real <laughs> chopper is in Rebels. Like how chopper will always give you his his little like claw hand when you need it. <laughs> so adorable. Oh, okay. Love you, chopper. <laughs> Um, love you CB23 love you BB8 love resistance I'm ready for next week's episode send us your pasta pictures love yeah and your theories I kind of want to hear them yeah 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 definitely do you think do you Mm -hmm. think Tam will actually like do you think they'll actually go there with Tam and uh, let her join the first order I think it'd be a really interesting way to start off season two that's for sure Um, Mm -hmm. But if you like what you hear, you can find us on skytalkers.com or on Twitter at skytalkerspod. Our personal handles are at Crarity and at Caitlin Plusher. Um, 
And if you have a few seconds to spare and you want to, number one, RSVP to our celebration podcast stage at Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, you can go to Facebook and subscribe. Not subscribe. Say that you're attending the event (laughs) there. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and also leave us a review there so other people can come and make pasta with us. So please do that. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And I want to thank our amazing patrons. Jason, Amy, Neil, Mary, Larry, James, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Angela, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Courtney, Brian, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, Sintara, Thomas, John, Dominic, Megan, Kate, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Catherine, Manny, David, Claudia, Kate, Brooklyn, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lumper, Raru, Patrick, James, Hamsa, From a Certain Point of View, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stewart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kels, Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Daniela, Alyssa, Rebecca, Andy, Delaney, Angela, Ali, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Jordan, Molly, Aaron, Scott, Irina, Ira Bell, BJ, Casey, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Adam, Connie, Robbie, Kirsty, The Clashing Sabres Podcast, and Chuck. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Your support really does mean the world. And I want to say that we will have a, I think next week is when I'm going to be putting up our Force Awakens commentary for the our $3 and above patrons. Mm-hmm. And we do do a monthly episode on our Patreon. We hardly ever talk about it on the show, but I just want to let you guys know that's happening next week. And in that commentary in Force Awakens, I freak out a lot about Kaz. So if you yeah, like that's why listen- I wanted to mention it because it was it's a lot it's pretty heavy handed with the resistance mentions. If you like hearing me flail about that, then you should definitely check out our Patreon. <laughs> 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 um, but thank you guys as always for listening and until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.